Insert gay card. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Wish I knew how queens isn't. I'm gay. You can't love yourself. How in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Gay card revoked. Hey everybody, and welcome to Gay Card Revoked. I am Rob Schneider. He him. And I'm Robbie Roselle. He, him. Thank you so much for joining us today for this fantastic episode. We're going to explore one of the greatest totems in gay history, and that is the... I can't believe it took this long. You know, we wanted to really save it for a guest that we knew was going to be brilliant and knock it out of the park, and we we found that person. We have found that person. We did. We really did. So, But we're talking about... The Golden Golden Girls. Girls. Do you think we'll get to Golden Palace? I... I the hope Golden we... Palace is only good when when Dorothy shows back up for the two episodes she's there. Having sat through all of them, because remember, mm. Lifetime bought them and rewatched them. So listen, if you are a gay of a certain age, like mm. myself, um, <coughs> you watched... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Our guest has passed away. So Yeah. We'll, we'll, it's weird. We're actually we're gonna bury him in a teddy, but a nice teddy. A nice teddy. <laughs> We've never had a guest die of consumption before on the podcast. So weird. Brenda Vaccaro is actually COVID. married to him. Uh, okay. Back up. Phil was a good man. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. So like I I fell in love with the Golden Girls. Um, I watched it during its original run, but I was probably too young for it. But every day at three o'clock on Lifetime, three to four, it was that golden hour mm-hmm. of the Golden Girls. And then they would rewind those same episodes at like seven. In and, case you didn't yeah. get, get your gay fix at three I, o'clock, you could get it at I seven o'clock. I got it twice. I just injected twice. <laughs> I double dipped into the Golden Girls. Double dip GG. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, I'm really excited uh, about it. We have our drink of the week. What is our drink of the week, Mr. Roselle? It is, uh, it's a Sophia Petrillo cocktail. Oh, how does Sophia one make? On the rocks. Do you shake it up in a handbag? <laughs> yeah, you sure do. Or you find a nice Cuban. Right. <laughs> who can mix it for you, but will probably have dementia. <laughs> Maybe Max, the husband from two episodes, will make it, then we never oh, see him remember? again. Right. I liked Max. Has one of my favorite jokes of the Golden Girls when Max, they catch him in bed together. Yeah. And oh, Dorothy goes, well. she goes, yeah. Well, she goes, when did you get in? And he takes a moment and he goes, oh, yesterday. <laughs> You're like, how did you get away with that? It's so I, dirty. And also, like, she's laying in bed with somebody else. And Dorothy comes in and goes, what's happening here? And she just simply goes, afterglow. Oh, that is a nice one. That is a nice a good one. Joke. So All right, how do so you make this drink? Two ounces of grapefruit vodka, Ooh. lime juice from one lime wedge, one lime wedge, mm. uh, a grapefruit garnish, and some club soda if you want. You pour it over uh, ice, you stir it, and you drink that up. Great. And don't forget to check out our Instagram, yeah, She Revoked, and we'll have pictures and a recipe for you. Hey, who's doing all those? Uh, that's the wonderful Bethany Ann Selecki. She's our social media director. We just want to shout her out. She's so great. She is incredible. And speaking of incredible, Robbie, would you do the honors of bringing on today's incredible guest? Nothing would make me happier. I love this human mm. so much. I remember when this human was a concierge at a hotel who was just like breaking into the podcast business. And he started a podcast called Theater People and uh, Broadway Backstory, and now he's the mega, mega host mogul of a podcast network, which is shocking to me, um, who, he, he's so brilliant, he runs the Obsessed Network, and uh, has True Crime Obsessed, and Obsessed with Disappeared, and probably 15 other podcasts. Guys, it's our really great friend, Patrick Hines. Hi, Patrick! Hey, you guys, hi! Robbie, I have a question for you, girl. Gay. What kind of monster makes a, a cocktail with two ounces of vodka? What, uh, kind of, what, what is this? I think what they're thinking is that Sophia was a little woman. A pe- oh. petite. <laughs> ah. Okay. All right. right. So it's short. But if it were me, I'm going to make that a triple right away. 
yeah, yeah. It would yeah. be like I was about to go watch Act Two of Moulin Rouge, and I was like, "Can you just make that a triple?" <laughs> I was thinking today when I was, you know, we watch Golden Girls is like my six-year-old daughter asked for Golden Girls. We watch it every single day in our house. Oh, but okay. do you ever notice they never drink? You never see them with a glass of wine or like a cocktail of any kind. They talk about it, but you never actually see them consuming the booze. Yeah, you're right. I never noticed I that. What that is. I think it must have been like the like you know like you never saw like Claire Huxtable with a cocktail you know you know that but you Claire know she was could put like them a away. good mom yeah they're like these women were like rowdy bowdy but yeah even at the rusty anka you never saw exactly them oh that's interesting the petting zoo Blanche doesn't even go there anymore <laughs> <laughs> all right so Patrick when did you first discover the Golden Girls straight up original run Robbie I heard Robbie saying that he was like well maybe a little young for it we're about the same age girl and I remember watching it when it was originally sure. on and but I had to you... convince my mom who is a lesbian. Like, my mom's in the gay community. She's, you know, was a pretty advanced thinker. And I still had to convince her that, like, it was appropriate for her, like, 10, 11-year-old kid to be watching. Do you think, though, that it, um, like, a lot of those jokes flew right over you? And yeah, I think so. I mean, it was one of those things where, like, I only knew that it was dirty because my mom didn't want me to watch it. Like, <laughs> if she didn't want me, you shouldn't, if she had never said that, I wouldn't have ever thought about it, you know? And, and is that mostly because of Blanche, that it was too dirty? I guess so. I mean, you know, you think about like you think about like Sophia being like saying like "shut up, you human mattress." Like I, I didn't oh, know yeah. what that meant, you know. And sure. the, like for years, that stuck with me until I became a human mattress. <laughs> That's actually how I think of you. Yeah, thank you, girl. Human, and every time helix, you're like, right? "Ooh, I just got a new Helix mattress with yeah, yeah, my yeah. special code," I'm like, "Yeah, you just bought yourself." <laughs> That's so nice. <laughs> so. <laughs> So the Golden Girls is fascinating because it's really the first sitcom that had like the four points of a compass, right? Uh-huh. Each each girl is like the North, South, East, West, uh, who are all vastly different. Um, but you believe that they are friends in real life. Hmm. It's so funny. I, I rewatched the pilot today because I wanted oh. to get some cocoa action. Yeah, we're gonna talk and all about cocoa. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like it's so funny how so many shows do this where the pilot doesn't it's not them meeting right the pilot is like mm -hmm. they've been living together for a while and it just works like it, it just you know like it just it just their dynamic completely works and, and you know it, the pilot has all the hallmarks of a pilot where like Blanche's bedroom is what we now know as the lanai you know and the the lanai is that area in the house that they like never go to again you know mm -hmm. things are just, like Blanche doesn't have a southern accent the pilot is perfect yeah. <laughs> it's by... also fascinating because like there are some jokes in the pilot that would never have made it into the run of the show yeah because it was made for pilot they were like yeah you can call him the fruity one. Oh yeah the happy petunia yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of like there's a they say a lot of things on that show just in general that you would never get away with today for better or worse i don't know mm -hmm. if it's better or worse you know and we have to give credit to the fantastic writer of this pilot, Susan Harris, mm -hmm. who only a few years earlier introduced one of the first gay characters on television in Billy, with Billy Crystal on Soap. So right. she, she is a progressive, progressive person for our community. So big shout out to Susan Harris. It's funny to think about, like, that word progressive is so interesting because I think that there are so many people for whom, like, gay people were, were just a part of their lives always, mm. and so they never thought of themselves as progressive, you know what I mean? They just yeah. thought of, like, they were just writing their experience. Mm -hmm. So it's so, it, you know, I was thinking today, like, in 1985, what, like, what other gay culture stuff was out there and so i mean there certainly was but a lot of it was produced for the gay community by the gay community so the larger culture didn't really know about it right and you know like there, like i can't think of anything really that had crossed over you know into like mainstream culture that that was like of gay culture in that time right just that son on dynasty who after season one wasn't gay anymore that's why, is yes. that right? Yeah. He, he changed his mind. He changed his mind. <laughs> he was like, it really is a choice, you guys. Girl. It really is a choice. <laughs> Amy so, Coney Barrett watched and said, see, that's yeah, what I, I was see. talking about. <laughs> Dynasty. So it, the pilot is built around three of the women living together. And then uh, 
Sophia was only ever supposed to be like recurring and wasn't like going to be in every episode. Oh, and Coco wow. was supposed to be. Yeah. It's interesting too, because in that same, like the same line of thinking of like this, we, we come at, we, we meet them when they've all been together for a while. Like Coco's been there for a long time. And I'm like, so we know the house is owned by Blanche. Like, did Coco come with Blanche, or did he get hired after the fact? And is he a Great cook, question. but does he also do the cleaning? Like, Coco, what is your role, girl? Well, clearly wasn't defined because <laughs> right. went outside for some groceries and never came back. <laughs> yeah, Coco. and also, like, Sophia looks way older in the pilot than she ever does again. That, like, they really aged her. Yeah, that wig, insane. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the latex, the prosthetics. I was gonna say it literally looks like pros like a prosthetic face. It's and like she was buried. They dug her up, and now she's yeah. coming to live in the house for a little bit. They definitely did not spend money on the pilot like they did around season four when suddenly Dorothy had a blowout every week. Totally, you know. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Hair changed around season four for all of them because they don't look great the first few seasons. Yes, they yeah. look like normal women who just live together Which but is i great. will say like unbelievably thin all of them like yes. all of them were super skinny for the pilot sure and so god bless gotta, and god bless Co maybe, they're, that's they're, maybe they're just like me and they just can't keep the weight on no matter what they do they can't <laughs> keep the weight on you i, I, I agree yeah, well, i would yeah i would well i was going to propose the idea that maybe coco was not a fantastic cook and that's why they got rid oh. of him because they were all emaciated well didn't oh. in the pilot, don't they make reference to the fact that he's making Mexican chimichangas? Yes, chimichangas. Yes. Sophia is not having it, or somebody. <laughs> one of the four is not into it. Probably Sophia. Right. Usually, when they fire people, we get to see it. Remember, was it who was the Marguerite? The, um, Marguerite. Oh, sorry, also... Marguerite. If you Marguerite. are Dorothy's Borna. <laughs> Who also drinks margaritas. Right. I loved her. Not right. a great housekeeper, but I really enjoyed her. No. I loved her. But also that trope of like the the housekeeper who's the housekeeper of color who's doing voodoo. Oh, I yes. know, I know, I know. Is problematic. But the thing is, it's it's also self-aware. It's self-aware mm -hmm. that they're doing that. You know what I yeah. mean? That that they've put that on her. And in the end, like they look like the idiots because, you know, no, of course it's just Chanel number five. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> right. That's the thing. Even like the the blackface joke that made the yeah. rounds earlier this year, that is not that that is them um it's not actually technically a blackface joke and it's them being fully aware of what they are and where they are yeah uh, is it's very much ahead of its time so yeah you fell in love with the golden girls because your uh your your mom would not let you watch it it's an unanswerable question. You know, I have this great B. Arthur story where like she came to my college to be honored and I was asked to be her host for the weekend. What? And it's it's a it's a really long bananas story. She was an absolute nightmare. Um, <laughs> we have time, please. I was, <laughs> well, like it so our friend Ellen was the president of the musical theater society because she murdered everybody who like stood in her way. Ellen Marie um, Marsh, who you Ellen Marie Marsh, yeah, she's one of my very best friends. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And so Ellen doing me like a solid was like, all right, we're bringing B. Arthur to college to honor her. Do you want to be like her host for the weekend? I was like, oh my God, yes. I went to the airport to pick her up and my sister came with me and they let me go down to the gate and I'll never forget it. The plane landed and um, a, an ambulance like skidded across the tarmac to the plane. And I just thought, oh my God, she died on the flight. Like, <laughs> She hadn't. She came off the flight. She she just was was very old, but like of course, like that was just her age. I was holding two dozen roses that I had got for her because I didn't know I didn't know what I was doing, and I <laughs> I'll never forget it. Before she even said hello, she looked at me with the flowers and she goes, "Who are those for?" And I said, "They're for you." And she goes, "No, they're not." <laughs> oh. I know, and then we went and got in the limousine, and we were driving to the we were driving to the hotel, like the Park Plaza, where they were putting her up. And she wanted to stop for food, and which I would come to realize just meant straight alcohol. 
great. And we stopped at the Pizzeria Uno in Kenmore Square in Boston. And we got out and went in and got a table. And B. Arthur was mobbed. Mobbed. Like, we yeah. sat at the table and it was like a line of people coming over to talk to her. It was crazy. And she ordered, she just kept ordering like straight, warm, double shots of absolute citron. No food. Um, and you know, and, and there's a whole situation with her itinerary for the next day. I'll never forget it. She was being really difficult. I had to keep calling the guy, uh, Richard, who had made her, her appointments for the next day. She was not thrilled. We get back to the hotel. She asked me to take her up to her room. I did. She calls Richard from the room phone and she says, I swear to God, you guys, am I allowed to swear? Oh, of yes. course. She goes, you guys get ready. This is a word a lot of people don't like, and I don't enjoy saying it. But she goes, she calls Richard, and she goes, Richard, it's B. I'm sorry I'm being such a cunt. I just don't really like my schedule for the next day. It was bananas. <laughs> and then, you can bleep that. It feels weird to say that. Honestly, and then, on, on Rob's other podcast, uh, this past week, he had Brenda Vaccaro on, who <gasps> also tells a B. Arthur story that involves that word. Same it's thing. It's so funny. Yeah. And then the last thing that happened before I left her at the hotel was she goes, she goes, she said she liked to fall asleep to her on TV. She goes, let's find me on TV. And we flipped through the channels and we found an episode of the Golden Girls. And that was how I left B. Arthur. Uh, that's perfect. Also, we now have an alternative drink for this episode. And that is called the Dorothy Zaborniak. And it's yeah. just straight shots of absolute citron warm. Warm, but but the whole thing was she kept asking me why do like why do people like the show so much? We talked about that all weekend, and I was like I I can't explain why I like it. I just it's perfect. And that uh, it, it, Rob, in that interview that you sent around from the Paley Center, mm -hmm. where Mark Cherry was like, we would write the perfect jokes and we would give them to be Arthur, and they would just come out gay. Like that is such a it's so perfect because it was like it doesn't intentionally have a gay sensibility. It just has a gay sensibility yeah 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 for sure and anything that those women did seemed to yeah yeah not just her but like filtered out through that gay sensibility totally okay. so patrick here's a big question if Please. which which of these four women is your spirit animal so this is so heartbreaking because i've always thought that i was a dorothy always mm -hmm. oh. my husband is like he insists that I'm a rose. Your husband that, like, Steve is correct. Yeah. You are a rose. <laughs> I always thought that I was like the acerbic, smart, funny one. And he's like, no, you're like the sweet, nice. I'm like, just say dumb. Just say dumb. <laughs> I don't think you're dumb. I don't think no. that she was dumb. She was not. Yeah. She fully believed everything that came out of her mouth, which is what made Betty White so brilliant in the show. Brilliant. Um, you are also like, you are sweet and naive and look for the <laughs> best in everything. Yeah, I mean, I try. I've gotten, I've gotten progressively grumpier as quarantine has worn on. So. <laughs> I bet this, this week is going to be fun for us alcohol. Oh my God. I'll tell you what. Mr. Rizzell. Uh, I know. Yeah. Which one is your spirit animal? I'm fully a Dorothy. You're a Dorothy. Oh, yeah. I am very cutting. Uh, I have a very sharp tongue, and I can do a double take like no one's ever seen. Oh, my God. Ooh. The double that, takes. That, like, slow burn. Very slow. <laughs> so, truly. And sometimes she could do, like, four of them in a row, and it oh did, it's still funny. It is. Yeah. That's the funniest thing on that. That's the funniest bit that show's got going. What about you, Rob? Oh, I'm a stan. I'm not even with the four girls. <laughs> oh, I just want to see you with a traffic cone covered with a monkey. With the monkey? <laughs> yeah. one, one year for Halloween. One year for Halloween, I went to stan, and I stole a traffic cone, and I dressed it up as the monkey. I... When we all get out of this, that's going to be on the Instagram at G Revoked. <laughs> <laughs> I I have this idea I'd like to do, like once we're all out of quarantine, and let me know if you guys Thanks. think this is a good idea. I want to have a Golden Girls themed party, mm -hmm. but it's called Under Five, and you have to come yes. as one of the Under Five supporting characters. You can't come as any of the girls. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, that's so good! I would that's definitely funny. come as like one of the gay waiters. Mm. Or like oh, maybe Quentin Tarantino as an Elvis at the Elvis sure. wedding. I would I would be the 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 wedding planner at the end yes. who has a oh. wife. 
Oh, yes, yes. Don't say anything snippy. Like, He's whatever. not an under five, but Rob, I want you to be Laszlo. I think you do oh, I would, a great Laszlo. I would yeah. love to be Laszlo. <laughs> and I love, I love that engagement guy. I think it's, what's the actor's name? Ray Burke? Ray Burke, he's in a bunch of stuff. I love him, but when Dorothy like sasses him, he goes, well, excuse me for living Anita Bryant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know who my favorite character, like, maybe not my favorite character, but like the one that like I'm the most fascinated by, who should have gotten her own spinoff, can you guess? Barbara oh, Thorndike. Yes! Am yes! I right? <laughs> oh, Barbara. wow. Goddamn Thorndike. Yes, yes. Bonnie Bartlett. Still with us, by the way. Oh, wow. We got to talk to her. She is like 91 years old. She was on an episode last season of Better Call Saul. That's incredible. I yeah, love she's still her. alive. Yeah. So when we reached out to you uh, and I said, what, what gay totem do you want to talk about? You didn't even blink. Uh, I didn't even get like the three text bubbles that sit forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something. Yeah. You just yeah. said Golden Girls, cool. And yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, do you want a specific episode or whole show? And you were like, whole show girl. Yeah. And I was like, great. I mean, there's and, so much of like gay culture that I that I know about that I could talk about, but the Golden Girls is like particularly precious to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I mean, you know, I was that kid. I've, I've been talking about this a lot on my on my podcast about like I used to watch Golden Girls, followed by Empty Nest, followed by the show Sisters. Oh, I don't yeah, know if Sisters. you guys ever Sisters was like uh-huh. my favorite. I mean, I, I love, love Susie Kurtz Sisters. Susie Kurtz, Celia Ward, like mm-hmm. I mean, just so incredible. And no one knows about. I, I feel like they're. You know how like Madonna made a really bad deal with the Blind Ambition tour, where she sold the rights to like Laserdisc or something, so you can't get it anywhere. I feel like Sisters did something like that because you like you can't. It's not streaming on Watch any service. Watch it show up on streaming because like thirty something is just about to. Oh so, yeah, it's it'll happen. What's fascinating to me about the Golden Girls is uh, the number of spinoffs that shot out of the Golden Girls. Yeah. Because uh, Empty Nest. Yeah. Uh, first, there's the backdoor pilot for Empty Nest with Rita Do you remember Moreno. that episode? <laughs> yeah. What an odd episode. It's, it's terrible. so weird. I know. <laughs> but then they completely rejiggered, rejiggered it to be about... Uh, Richard Mulligan. Yes. Harry Winston. Weston. Harry, Harry Barbara Winston and the name I was looking for. And Weston, then, Weston, not Winston. Weston, I was wrong. And then they spun that show off into Nurses with Parker. Nurses, Oberon. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's truly the freeze nurses. company of its time. Yeah. Just you spinning know, off people everywhere. I would like to make a suggestion. And when I was watching the first couple of presidential debates, I was not happy with the moderator, but I kept thinking if they had just had Park Overall moderate oh my God. as Laverne, so right. much stuff would have been done, don't you think? A hundred percent. She is my go-to when I think about, like, is she okay? Like, does she have enough money? <laughs> I always <laughs> wonder, like... Park overall was so. Remember her as Rowena in the Bloxy Blues movie? Like, yes, she's oh yeah, so great. Yes, I love Park overall, but I always am like, is she picking up shifts at a Waffle House, or is she's, she okay? <laughs> she's actually living a real life version of Alice right now. Uh, <laughs> she's just what? Beth Howlinding her way through life. Oh my god, uh, she still performs. I no, 2011 was the last thing she did. Okay, I I YouTubed her recently, and now she's a very big political activist. Oh Uh, no, 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 for the Democratic Party, for the Democratic Party. Oh, thank God. Okay. Um, okay, Oh, speaking of which, go out and vote. Oh yes. Oh my God. I just want to say that right now. Do not mail your ballot if you have an absentee ballot. Take it, walk it to wherever your voting place is. You can go right to the front of the line and drop it. Yeah. And you can so write well. in park overall if you so uh, want. Actually, don't. <laughs> no? Don't okay. on the ticket. Make okay. Easy. <laughs> there should be like a Susan Harris party line. Like Dorothy's born act for president. Right? Uh, I can't. Anyway. Okay, so it's just one of these things that you, you just always felt this, this kindred spirit towards. So let me, let me, let me yeah. ask, ask you if I may. Um, the girls had many, many suitors. On yeah. Yes. So let's yeah. imagine. You Sometimes get to, the same suitor as other people. Sometimes the same Laszlo. suitor as other people. Yeah. Laszlo. Or you could be someone like Harold Gould, which is appear as Arnie in the first season and then come back later yes. and be Miles. As you never Miles. Yeah. Handsome as the day is long, yes. by the way. And that's yeah. how you that knew Rose wasn't so- super bright. 
because she dated both of them and didn't say, did you ever do Sideshow with this guy from season one? So my question for you, Patrick, is is out of, I know you're happily married, but if you could go on a date with any one of these lovely, beautiful gentlemen that the girls went on, who would you go on a date with? I mean, so it it wouldn't be one of their men. It would probably be Michael Spornak. Um, He was, I always thought he was so hot. Like, he, you know, skinny artist from New York, played the saxophone. Like, what a dick, I, though. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. God, you're right. Oh, God. Um, but he was always the one that I was like, oh, he's cute. What's he up to? Okay. <laughs> Is so, he good? Does he have money? No. Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> he's, he's making ends meet. Robbie, what yeah. about you? Who'd you go out with? God, of the many men that they had. Well, wasn't. Blanche was dating like a, a physical fitness trainer for a little bit, right? Dirk was that his Dirk, name? Dirk, 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 or Dolt right. or something, Bolt or some stupid yeah. name. Yes, Dirk. Yeah. Right, because then the accent came in that's not there on the pilot. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. And it's the accent that Cherry Jones, Cherry Jones in the Glass Menagerie, did the accent that uh, <laughs> Rue McClanahan wishes she could have done <laughs> in the Golden Girls. <laughs> Isn't that the one where it's like, well, don't tell anyone, Dorothy, but I am almost five years older than him. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was a great, uh, wow, you do impressions well. <laughs> I just learned the other day that I do a really great cookie monster because I was trying to do something else and Ellen was laughing so hard because she's like, you just sound like cookie monster. M- may we enjoy hear. when you pull Liza out for no reason. <laughs> Where's my club? That's yeah. the only thing I could do. That's <laughs> so all good. I got. Where's my club? Where's my club? Guys! Where's my club? That's all I got. That was very Just good. Happy. Okay, so <laughs> what about you? What me? Who are you taking home? Oh, it's gonna be an odd choice, but I'm going for it. I'm gonna take Charlie. Um, Rose's husband that you never see because Charlie. Wh- I'll tell you why. When she describes him. Oh. Right. She goes, oh, yeah, you know, the way, you know, bulls make love and blah, blah, blah. And that's the only way I knew about sex was watching the bulls make love. And on the first night, boy, that bull would have been jealous. <laughs> so I'm so I'm assuming Charlie is a very endowed individual. Uh-huh. Well, well, remember Charlie. the episode where we find out that they like had sex 12 hours a day. Remember that? Yes. Yes. There was like one episode where like, you know, several like, times a day. Yes. Several several times and, a day. Yeah. And what does she say? Wait, uh, uh, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, get out Blanche, of here. Blanche is like, um, uh, why have you never said anything about this before? And she's, and Rose goes, oh, I find that the people who talk about it aren't generally having it. <laughs> right. <laughs> just shuts it down. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, so going back to this pilot episode. So we had Coco, the great mm-hmm. Charles Levin, who just passed away this year. Oh, Under what? strange and tragic circumstances, I will might you be, add. Will you be covering that on your show at any point, Patrick? Huh? We've talked about it a lot, actually, because he, he apparently went on and had like a good career. Like he was on Seinfeld or whatever. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, he went hiking and like disappeared and which is like which is right in my line of work and he um they found him like a week or something later like he had fallen and and not survived like they found him at like the bottom of a ravine in the woods or something like it's so awful it's bizarre it's a very bizarre case yeah yeah all right, so maybe Patrick, that will be covered on your show at some point. But yeah, the great someday, yes. So the great Charles Levin. <clears throat> but now, why does he? Why does he? Why is he only in the pilot? We never see him again. Where Where does Coco go? That is such a good question. I mean, I think that I don't know. I mean, I think that like the di- if I'm the showrunner and we make the pilot and I see that the dynamic between the women is so great, you don't need him, you know? Like, you just don't really need, and I do probably think the show wouldn't have been as good with him, you know? Like, there's just something about those four women that you just want to come back to every week and like, you don't need a man around, you know what I mean? Like, gay, straight, whatever, you just don't need that guy. Yeah. And it would have been great for gay visibility, but who knows if the show would have worked, you know? Yeah. I do think that seven years of like gay jokes uh would not have held like would he have gotten a boyfriend someday how would that have gone you know mm-hmm. what i mean and also you know i also rewatched the blanche's gay brother episode which uh-huh. makes me feel like maybe coco didn't come with blanche because she was uncomfortable with the brother being gay so like where did they find coco there's a lot of backstory questions it 
listen, the backstory changes week to week. Yeah, bedrooms change the, week to week. Whole, I know. <laughs> the only thing that doesn't change is Blanche's bedspread will always match her wallpaper. Oh my god, that, that is class. Leaf. It is class. Honestly, that is class. did any of you ever go to the Golden Girls uh, restaurant that was up? Oh yes. No. Oh yeah. Uh, did you so go? Oh yes. I, I made a trip. I made a holy pilgrimage up to Washington. It was Heights like Rue Larue is what it was called, I think. Yeah. Right? Rue Larue. Yes. Yeah. Was it good? What was it? I mean, it was it was okay. I mean, it was just a coffee shop, and they had lots of cheesecake. Um, but everywhere you looked, there was like you know, because she that was in her contract room at Clannan. She got to keep all of her characters' wardrobe. So right. Every. I mean, it was just like it was like a museum, but only a Blanche museum. You know, oh. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay Honestly. if you like Blanche. You know? Yeah, Blanche doesn't. was like never my favorite character. Like, I want a Dorothy museum. I would love a Dorothy museum. That's yeah. just shoulder pads, right? Just, <laughs> what a great idea! Like yeah. all the benches in there are like big her big shoulder pads. I love mm-hmm. that. That's yeah. great. Just I mean, had had the rest of the coffee shop, I think maybe been like in Midtown, maybe yeah. it would have been successful. But like, 100%. Just, yeah. I can't imagine, yeah. like, the people of Washington Heights are like, we have to go to Rue Rue today. Yeah, right. like, you just never know, like, what communities, like, people really love the Golden Girls, you know? Exactly. Right. exactly. It's not yeah. like the Friends pop-up shop right. that no. fans clamored no. to. So now, in addition to, okay, so Coco's gone. Goodbye, Coco. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the show is not uh, progressive in terms of queer visibility, because we're going to see a whole bunch of different queer characters cycle through and how the girls react to them. So let's, let's talk about Dorothy's friend, Jean. Oh, Dorothy's yes. old oh my God. Jean. I just rewatched that episode. I texted you guys. I was like, I forgot that Jean was a super hot lesbian. She was so beautiful. I was like, oh, my God. Very hot Lois mm-hmm. Nettleton. The <laughs> very hot Lois Yeah. Nettleton. I mean, it's an interesting episode because it's like, you know, first of all, she and Pat have only been together for eight years. I thought that was an interesting choice, that it wasn't like a lifelong love. I think that speaks of the time. Like, maybe Jean came out later in life or whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, like for the 80s, that makes sense. Um, But I thought it was a really, I mean, it's just like that moment where Blanche just can't, like she figures out that she's a lesbian and not Lebanese is amazing. It's brilliant writing. Brilliant writing. And mm-hmm. then she, the only thing she cares about is that Jean is more interested in Rose than her. Yeah. And she's truly offended to her core. It is just so perfectly done. Yeah. That is, that is the show to its essence. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it writes a character uh, so uh, better than almost any sitcom. Which yes. Is yeah. And why it holds also, on. like, Sophia is, you know, like weirdly progressive. Mm-hmm. Remember, she's the one that's she's calling in the pilot. She's calling him a, a happy petunia, yeah. a funny man. She doesn't mm-hmm. want to go into the kitchen if he's going to be there. But then suddenly she's like explaining to everybody what a lesbian is and how great it is. And if that's how you want to be, that's great. And lesbians are better than cats. Like, yeah. it is a little bit of a jump in her character arc. But like, I love that Sophia, this woman from Sicily, is just like weirdly progressive. Was it? I'd rather I live do. with a lesbian than a cat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do wonder, again, that's sort of pilot syndrome, right? Where Mm -hmm. they've written this thing, but it's not canon. Well, it's also like Stan in the pilot. We learn that Stan lives on Hawaii with the the stewardess, stewardess. and he has gout. Right. Mm. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Hi, it's me, Stan. Right. (laughs) Every episode he's on. Hi, it's me, Sam. Perfection. It's perfection. Okay, so let's talk about, so why is this episode progressive? And so who wants, for, for the listeners who are unaware, who wants to give a little recap of what happens when, when Jean comes to stay with the girls for a little bit? Patrick? So, <clears throat> Jean is Dorothy's friend from college, and she's coming to stay with them, and Dorothy's a, Dorothy hasn't told the roommates, uh, Rose and Blanche, that Jean is a lesbian. Jean's wife or partner pat has just died they've been together for eight years it's been a year and you know everyone thinks pat is a man and dorothy's trying to figure out if she should tell ranch blanche and rose and she doesn't and then gene gets there and she strikes up this really fun friendship with rose because they were both raised on dairy farms so rose and gene start spending a lot of time together and then rose falls in love with and then blanche falls in love with gene and so that that's sort of like nope. the... Blanche does not right. fall in love with Jean. Sorry, Jean falls get... in love with Rose. 
Gene falls. <laughs> Although that other episode's hot. Keep going, Patrick. How, then what happens? How is that Sophia Petrillo cocktail? I know. God, I wish. Yeah, Gene falls in love with Rose. And she tries to leave. And then everyone makes her stay. And then she and Rose talk it out. And they become, everybody becomes friends. It's a, it's a lovely episode. Ice cream clown up, ice cream cone upside down clown Sundays. Let's That's not it. have all the big fun up front. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's gonna be with us for a week. <laughs> but it show. I mean, it introduces this this concept. I'm sure to a lot of older viewers that were watching that, like you might not know a gay person, but right, they're, they're no different than you and I, and they can fall in love and they can have grief as well. So please be sympathetic. And you forget how progressive that really was, you yeah. know, because when you think about like the trajectory of gay acceptance in this country, it really came down to who you knew, you know, it's one thing to see a gay character on TV, but it, if you have a gay brother or a gay cousin or a gay uncle, you're much more likely to understand and then come to accept homosexuality and see those people as equal humans. And that, yeah, I mean, that, that really was a, a message of that, which, you know, I didn't even really think about until you just said it. And I don't, th I mean, correct me if you, if you guys think I'm wrong, but I, one of the things I really appreciate about that episode is, is there's so many cheap laughs they could have gotten, especially totally. at that time period. And oh, they yeah, avoid gay panic. that. The yeah. There oh, could yeah, have been Robbie, gay panic galore, like it's a Friends episode. Robbie, would you, would you talk more about gay panic and Friends? We haven't really talked about that on this show before, and it's, I think it's so interesting. Yeah. So every third episode of Friends could be called the one with the gay panic, because somehow... Two of the guys will accident, and it's always the men. Yeah, it's never yeah, yeah. the women. But two of the guys will somehow like accidentally touch hands or something, um, and then jump, and like, oh, no homo, no homo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or uh, like uh, the episode where they fall asleep on the couch together and they wake up spooning. It's um, rot. Nope, no Chandler and and uh, Joey, right? The nap buddies. And uh, they fall asleep. They just fall asleep on the couch and they wake up and they're spooning and uh, they like it, but have to hide it uh, because, again, <laughs> gay panic. Everything is some kind of gay panic. Gay panic at the disco. Yes. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. But Golden Girls does not do that. They, right. they don't make yeah. any jokes and they present this very. And they certainly portrait. could have. Absolutely. It's it's always been more digestible to mainstream culture for like to talk about gay stuff when you're talking about women, because it's, you know, straight men who run our culture. Like it's much easier for them to sexualize that. And when it comes to like, you know, like gay men, like it's just, you know, yeah. I mean, there's also like, <clears throat> sorry, I don't know why I have allergies and a cold, so I don't know what's happening. Don't, don't you. Um, but you know, Thanks. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that they didn't go for those kinds of laughs. And also, I think the other thing is that, like, it wasn't overly educational either. It really was just like a slice of life of what's going on in these women's lives. You know, they really mm -hmm. find really interesting jokes and interesting humor. And it's not a big, you know, like it's not a big like. Are on Rose's mug because she might have AIDS sort of like hit you over the head. We are going to inform you now, you know, it is right. like an interesting storytelling. So, okay. So we have, we've have Jean, <clears throat> right. Um, and then we move to uh, Blanche, who's this very sexually liberated, progressive individual who finds out that her brother Clayton is gay and how she deals with that. So let's, let's talk about, Rose's, uh, sorry, Blanche's brother, Clayton. Oh, yeah, Clayton. Yeah, like, this episode is interesting because we learn, you know, the whole setup is that Clayton is coming to visit and he has a surprise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, before he gets there, they're sitting at the table and, and Blanche is convinced that it's a woman, he's met a woman, and she, he wants to introduce her to me. And Dorothy says, Blanche, you know that Clayton is gay. So we know before Clayton even gets there that she knows he's gay. And so, you know, hasn't fully accepted it or thinks it's just a phase there again, like that's dispelling the notion to the millions and millions of viewers that being gay isn't just a phase, you know, it's mm -hmm. that entry point of like, hey, if this is what you think, follow along, you know, yeah. and then Clayton shows up with like an attractive man and Blanche thinks it's the driver and there's a great scene where they all where they arrive and it turns out to be his boyfriend and not only is this his boyfriend, but they're getting married. Doug. And so... 
Yeah, and 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 Blanche just cannot handle it. So, like, that's kind of the setup for that episode. And oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Robbie. I was going to say, and do you think that she can't handle it because he's gay, or do you think it's because it's her brother and she doesn't want bad things to happen to him? You know, if that is how she feels, she never expresses that. You know, I, I, I don't think that in this instance Blanche is a bigot. I think honestly it has more to do with what will people think, you know? Exactly. And we hear that sort of throughout the episode. Like, oh, they can't share my room because what will the neighbors think if they see two men in there? And Sophia says, they'll think it's a Tuesday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. But it is very much like what will people think? Yeah, sure. And that's something that's established with her character that she's very image conscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that just sort of aligns. I would love if somebody had pressed her on that and she admitted, I don't want to see him get hurt. I think that would be a really fascinating thing to have explored back then. The other thing, too, is the idea of them getting married is played for a laugh. When they say we're getting married, it gets a huge laugh from the audience. That's how far away we were from gay marriage in 1986, 87, whenever that episode aired. TikTok. That's incredible. Oh, God. And, but I think, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but I feel like as the episode pro- goes on, you sort of feel the audience warm up to this idea yeah. and start yeah. to get on that side. And you feel it kind of throughout. Like you hear, you know, there's always, you can always feel when the audience wants to applaud a line of like, you know, like when Clayton says like, you know, he is, he is family. He's my family. And if you don't, if you can't accept that, then you don't have to be a part of my family. And you hear mm-hmm. like the three people that like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and you can tell the audience, like, wants to show their support, you know? Um, yeah. It's a really interesting thing. One of the things I really applaud about the the queer characters that show up on the Golden Girls is, I think if you look at other sitcoms of that era, when you see a queer character, like, it is usually a gross stereotype. It's like a yeah. gross stereotype. Here's a lisp. Here's a limp wrist. Here's this. And you look at the actors they're casting like Monty Markham, who plays Clayton, and you're looking at Lois Nettleton, who plays Gene. They're not the stereotypical casting that you would have seen back then. Right. And I th- right. I, and that, I think, is something that really needs to be applauded. That, that is so true. Yeah, that you mm-hmm. were getting like a Butch Leah type who is yeah. gorgeous beyond words. Oh yeah, in sure. my opinion. But like, like you weren't getting that sort of like like stereotype. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually wondered too about like it, less about the woman because these things don't seem to stick to them. But the male actor who plays Clayton, like, how did that affect his career? Was that a brave thing that he did? He, he was a big soap opera actor. He was a big soap opera actor, yeah. And he was on Broadway in a couple of shows, too. I think he did with Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. Um, I I read an interview with him recently about this, and he said, he said there was, I think, a lot of people who were like, I want to be careful. But he got so many uh, fan letters from families that were like, thank you so much. Now I understand what my brother is going through, what my son is going through, which I think is really, really incredible. You know, it's also true that they didn't, like, they didn't cast the boyfriend as some hot young thing. Like, they were regular-looking guys, you know? Yes, yeah. Yes. I do want to touch on uh, Dorothy's brother, Phil, for a second. Mm-hmm. Totally. Dorothy's brother, Phil, is a cross-dresser, but not gay. No. Yeah, we all have a friend. I'll, I'll tell you who they are off air, whose dad lives like this. Mm. We all have a, we have a mutual friend whose father is a cross-dresser. Okay. Who's married to a woman. And uh, but like lives his wife, he lives his life like in a dress and heels all day. And that's fascinating to me that that's, and of course it's played as a laugh, but because of course it is, but like the episode where he, his character passes away and you never see him. That's that's part of like the joke. Like they just talk about him, but you never see him. Um, But Brenda Vaccaro plays his uh, uh, wife. Oh, right. and so, which is why we were just talking about Brenda Vaccaro, uh, because you you see at the funeral, uh, you see him, uh, or you don't see him, but you see three other uh, men in um, black veils, et cetera. And uh, Blanche automatically assumes it's uh, the other women. And uh, Brenda Vaccaro immediately says something about the, them being his poker friends. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because even in queer culture today, we don't know that many people that, that live their lives like this, you know, right. like this is still a kind of existence that very much exists and is real, but you don't hear much about. Yeah, they really talk, they talk about and embrace taboos so interestingly on the show. Yeah. And I think one of the things they do really well, and I think you see this in this episode, is that it's not it's not the issue of, you know, is his wearing a dress appropriate, inappropriate? Did Sophia do something to cause this? But at the end of the day, that everyone is a human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to love them for their humanity. And I think that's a really nice moment when, um, so at the end, when Sophia and Angela reconcile with each other, when Sophia says, you know, what did I do wrong? Uh, what, what mistake did I make? Wait, and, was her name Angela too? I think so. Yeah. I think it was. Wow. A, yeah. Because uh, her uh, sister's Angela. Yeah. And Angela. And right. Angela. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and Angela says to her, you know, there's nothing I did. There's nothing you did. That's who he is. And I think that's uh, especially at that time period for people that were just starting to realize that they had gay relatives or, you know, maybe their relatives that were gay were sick that it's here in some way exactly that it's this is not first of all it's nobody's fault and there's nothing to be at fault for yeah right exactly i don't know what other tv shows comedies or dramas were having that discussion at that time and it's one of the reasons why it stands the test of time you know it like it really in some ways is timeless it creates a humanity and, and an empathy uh, the otherwise, especially in the Reagan years, was very lacking. Yeah. And, I mean, and we're also children of the 80s, and I think we all remember those on a very special episode of, oh, yeah. you know, and it totally. was so heavy-handed. These shows, I think, the, these episodes of the Golden Girls, I think do more than those heavy-handed episodes of, you know, very special episode, because they never lose their humor. They never right. lose their character integrity. They can still yeah. entertain you while giving you this message at the same time. What are your thoughts on the Rose Might Have AIDS episode? Well, I think it's hard to take it out of context, right? Because I think if you look at it when, when it was happening, nobody was talking about AIDS, you know? Mm-hmm. Nobody was talking about AIDS, like, in, in pop culture especially. And so I think it's a very, very important episode. I think the other thing, too, that you learn in that episode, I haven't seen it in a long time, but you learn that you can get tested anonymously, which I think mm-hmm. people didn't know, that, like, it sort of does do a, a service of dispelling the idea that if you get tested and you're positive, that your name is going to go into some government database you know um and i I think that it was and and i do think that it was also a way of showing that aids affected more than just gay people um it it was i mean it's it's you look at it now and it's like did they handle everything perfectly no of course not but was it monumentally important at the time i think absolutely and i think one of the things that's done so brilliantly in that episode is where rose looks at blanche and goes i shouldn't be you should have this this is right you look how many men you sleep with. I've never done a bad thing in my life. And Blanche goes, it's not a bad yeah. person's disease. Right, right. You know, and Designing Women, I think, had done an episode, what was it, Robbie, like two years earlier where Tony Goldwyn showed up. As oh, my God. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. which right? we talked about uh, on our second episode. Did he, was he a gay character? Yeah, he dies of AIDS, and he wants them to plan his funeral, a New Orleans jazz funeral, and it gives birth to that wonderful, you know, the uh, the that woman, the other woman who lives in the town and is one of their clients and says something about those kind of people. And um, uh, Dixie Carter goes, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to ask you to move your car. And she goes, why? Because you're leaving. Um, and throws her out. Wonderful. Which I just want to point out, like, not, not like a two non sequitur. Tony Golden can still get it for me any day of the week. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. You, Absolutely. Honestly, half of your podcast is talking about who is sexy. Oh, yeah. A million yeah. percent. Mostly Tony it's Golden a garbage human. Has an uh, open <laughs> invitation to sit on my face anytime. <laughs> you heard that here, Mr. Goldwyn. It's and if right we here. get him, we'll get you Steven Weber. At that, I mean, listen, Steven Weber even more. Like, it, he is a double invitation. Oh, no, Tim Daly. If we're going to go to Wings, that's going to be Tim <laughs> Daly. <laughs> if we're going to go to Wings. It took, it took, like, an actual, like, day on the internet for somebody to prove to me that Tim Daly was Ty Daly's brother and not grandson. <gasps> yes. I know. Yes. Tyne, I'm sorry. I know you're a longtime listener of this podcast, but yeah, first time caller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 
I also want to talk about sort of the We're going to go to Wings, Robbie. How dare you? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you know what? I've been watching a lot of 70s and 80s television as comfort food for my eyes. What, what's the big one you're watching now? Four. Alice. You're still into Alice, yeah? Yeah. We were watching Maude at our house. <gasps> I love yeah. Maude. The, the, the gay gasp in unison just <laughs> made, it made 2020 okay, you guys. <laughs> I'm happy that you're teaching Daisy. Yeah. Yes. I got to tell you that, that B. Arthur looks 20 years younger in Golden Girls than she yes. does in Maude. Yes. She 20 years younger. She doesn't look so good in Maude. She doesn't look yeah. so good in Maude. She Sorry. gets that blowout in season four. Her hair yeah. becomes like that helmet. Yeah, 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 yeah. She looks I know. spectacular. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, right? <laughs> Patrick, because you're watching Maude, I just have a question for you. Do you think the sound guy on that show is now deaf? Because everyone, <laughs> everyone starts yelling, no matter uh -huh. what's going on. Walter, yeah. where's the tea? I don't know, Maude! I know, it's so great. The only thing that we care about in our house, the thing that we comment on every time we watch it, they have a literal standing bar, like a wet bar in their living room. Yes. It is the great, I like, it is the greatest piece of set decoration I've ever seen. <laughs> then she's surprised when Walter's an alcoholic. I mean, we never would have guessed. I'm like, <laughs> cleaning saddles is next to the sofa. What do you mean you never would have guessed? I am also fascinated that the year that uh, B. Arthur did her one woman show on Broadway, just between, yeah. just between friends, uh, Elaine Stritch also had her famous one woman yeah. show and both of them had very big Golden Girls stories as set pieces. Because uh, Elaine Stritch was up for the role of Dorothy, right? She sure was, but tried to rewrite it uh, and add several curse words. Yes. Yeah, so, that, yeah. that never works. No. <laughs> Not not for CBS. No. <laughs> I listen. NBC girl. NBC, how dare you? Was it NBC? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, but listen, if anyone is listening and they, they know anyone at NBC, is there a videotape? Did they film Elaine Stritch's I audition? Know. Oh, oh, God. God. Don't you, you think that would have been leaked by now? I feel like there's a mo somewhere at, yeah. at NBC who would have leaked that by now. Oh, you're right. If we oh. could have Karen Morrow singing I Had a Ball, we they <laughs> definitely can find Elaine Stritch's audition. Yeah, but she, she went in, she bombed it, and, and that was it. She would have been, I think she was considered, Lee Grant was considered for Dorothy. Wow. It is fascinating that like she never went in as like a friend of or a cousin or, you know, one of right. those like... Because, like, if you're going to have uh, uh, Nancy Walker come yeah. in, uh, it just makes sense. All right. What are your favorite Golden Girl episodes? Oh, oh. Um, my, mine is uh, the Liberty Bell, the murder mystery episode, season oh, seven, episode two. Oh, that's a great two. one. It's a that's, really good one. It's, it I makes really me love. Yeah, my my favorite one of my favorite bits on the Golden Girls, and I just rewatched this the other night, is the one where cousin Angelo comes to stay and Stan and Dorothy have to pretend to be married again. And it's when Blanche and With Rose are doing the sound of music and they have to pretend to be actual nuns that are stranded at the house. Mm -hmm. And when Angelo the priest walks into the kitchen and hears Blanche on the phone, like talking sexy to somebody, and she's holding her <laughs> underwear and she turns around and she just goes, Where we're nuns collecting lingerie for needy, sexy people. <laughs> and I just think, like, needy, sexy people is, mm -hmm. like, what I'm going to name my autobiography that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That actually, that's a podcast right there. Needy, sexy, needy people. sexy people. I know. Uh -huh. I know. It's so good. I also love the logic in that episode because I think that morning the girls come back from the audition. And they're like, yes. oh, we got cast as nuns. And then literally 24 hours later, they're in dress rehearsal. They're in tech. There's, they're wearing their so nuns' habits. I said the exact same thing. They're ready. There's another gay character we never talked about. Uh, the episode where they're doing uh, what seems to be picnic, but not picnic. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, you know, because there's a lot of theater within Golden Girl. A lot of yeah. theater. At the right? Burt Reynolds Dinner Theater. Yeah, at the right. Burt Reynolds, <laughs> Mr. Burt Reynolds Dinner Theater. I'm not going to miss Mr. advocate back in the day, by the way. Oh, yeah. Big. You know, I, have you guys heard the story of um the, the uh, oh, God, what was it? The lounge in New Orleans that burned? Yes, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the View Upstairs musical. The is View Upstairs on. is based mm -hmm. on that, right. And so, the, and, and even in the set of The View Upstairs, they had this. Behind the bar at the, oh, my God, I can't believe I can't think of the name of that lounge. Uh, hold on. I worked on that album, so I can't. Yeah. 
I feel like it's called the upstairs, the upstairs lounge. lounge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Musical by Max Vernon. It's yeah. about the upstairs lounge. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Bar in New Orleans. But they had a they had a that big centerfold of Bur, uh, Reynolds yeah. behind, like on the wall behind the bar because he was like he was outspokenly like in support of like of LGBT rights. Amazing. I I, I oh, I knew yeah. I loved Burt Reynolds for many years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, you guys, just grab that dough. I mean, oh, there's... Oh, come on, yeah. There's the one where they're going to see Burt Reynolds and they get thrown in jail and Blanche is... And they get arrested. For being prostitutes? For, yeah, yes. and, like, somebody else... Like, they're at the bar and they're getting arrested and somebody else talks and Blanche goes... Oh, yeah. She just goes, quiet, you trash. And <laughs> like, whenever uh-huh. Blanche calls somebody trash, you guys, there's so many good episodes. Oh, it's, you know, you know what episode I also like that's also queer friendly? It's the one where, do you remember Dorothy's old teacher comes back? Oh, and yes. Rose books Dorothy and Blanche on the female roommates episode of the show she's doing. <laughs> and they're like, yes. lesbian. Oh, yes. yeah. And it goes to the other two women on the couch. And this yeah. is, you know, Lois and Lucy, yeah. therapists. And you're like, <laughs> and Sophia's in the audience. They take <laughs> questions from the audience. And she's like, this is a question for Dorothy. Dorothy, is your mother disappointed? And Dorothy goes, I don't know. I'll ask her when I visit her at the home. Yeah. <laughs> Shady Pines. Okay, Patrick, we asked this to, to all of our guests, and we're going to ask you, which is, why do you need to know or see the Golden Girls? Otherwise, your gate card will be revoked. Why is this such an important <laughs> thing for us? Why, why, why? You know, we just need to laugh right now. I mean, you know, I was reading something uh, about how uh, in quarantine, the Golden Girls is one of the 10 the top 10 most streamed things on Hulu because it's such escapism. It's smart. It's like you're hanging out with your smart, funny friends. It, it's always there. It's timeless. It's always good. It, it just, it's one of those shows that you can just sit and watch and just like, just fully enjoy. It's just pure entertainment. Um, and you just like, you know, you just need to know about it. Like it just, it takes you back to another time, but somehow it's timeless. It's just, you know, to me, it's not, it doesn't necessarily tell you anything about gay culture of the past. But if you want to understand, like, <laughs> if you want to understand why, like, the gays of a certain age love the Golden Girls, and it's a major part of what we talk about, it's what we always reference, there's so many jokes, everybody's seen every episode, you just got to go watch it, and it's right there. And why do you think it appeals so much to our community? I have no idea. And I was thinking, I was telling the story earlier about when I had spent that weekend with B. Arthur and she kept asking me and I didn't have an answer. And then I was watching that clip that you were sending around where they were asked that directly and nobody knows. Like, you know, like, um, what's your name? Betty White kept saying like, well, gay guys just like old ladies. I don't. I don't think that's true. I don't like old ladies. No, I don't not like old ladies, but it's not like I'm like, oh, there's an old lady here. I'm, I feel at home, you know? <laughs> I, I just feel like it, there's something about, it's very quick, it's very sassy, it's very sexual. And those are things that I think are very much a part of our community by and large as well, you know? Okay, so Patrick, we always have a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're going to play a little game with you. Great. And it's just uh, a, it's a little little trivia for you. Little All right. Girls. Uh, Rob, do you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. All right, Patrick, you ready? A little Gigi yep. trib. All right. During the mock murder in the case of the Libertine Bell, which is my favorite episode, the two suspects in the murder are named after Dorothy's siblings. What are those names? Dorothy's siblings. Dorothy's brother and Dorothy's sister. brother and sister. Oh, her sister is Gloria. Good. And the brother? The brother is Phil. Very good. Yeah. One for one. All right, Robbie. Good man. Give Patrick the next one. <laughs> I, he did it. He did it. Good. Good for you, girl. Thank you. Pour yourself, pour yourself a Sophia. <laughs> what? Gloria is the rich one. She married money. Remember her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But somehow, somehow Ma lives with like in like the closet at at Dorothy's roommate's house whatever <laughs> often we'll have to sleep with her yeah exactly right okay before the producers went with the iconic thank you for being a friend theme song what song also from an iconic diva did they use instead i have no idea Oh, but you gotta have friends. Do you know the original working title for the Golden Girls? No, tell me. Miami Nice. 
Ah, yeah. I, I should probably know that because Jim Colucci has written two wonderful books. Yes. The yeah. Golden Girls. One is right here. It's the Q Guide. You wrote a Q yes. Guide. I wrote a Q Guide as well. That's true. Yeah. What, I Patrick, what's your Q, Q Guide? Guides. What's Patrick's? It's uh, the Q Guide to NYC Pride. It's the it's like uh, the, the subhead is um, everything you never needed to know that you needed to know about New York City history. It's like a collection of like, oh, sorry. It's a collection of like cool New York City gay history that I, I always wanted to write. That is incredible. I need to yeah. buy this. All right. Yeah, cool. it's, it's good. It's really fun. And Jim Question. also wrote a wonderful coffee table book about the Golden Girls. Yeah, Golden Girls forever. So and good. And he uh, is married to Frank DeCaro. Yes. Oh, I love him. Okay, your turn. Uh, question number three, Patrick. You ready? Yeah. Brent, we just talked. We haven't brought her up at all. It's weird. Brenda Vaccaro brilliantly played Angela Phil's widow in Ebb Tide's Revenge. Now, before her, though, which iconic diva was originally slated to play the role? Oh God, I she's don't know. A, she's a big one too. I can't Is wait she? to break out an impression of this after. Me, oh yes, are you are you ready, Robbie? Are you gonna wait? Do give it? me a hint. Give me a hint. Yeah. Um, she's also an Academy Award winner. Mm -hmm. I really have no idea. He was a good man. Oh, share? Yes. Wow. Yes. Oh you, my! You just God. spoke so high. You spoke dolphin. <laughs> share? <laughs> yeah. I love I love that and also it's not a trivia question but do you remember Rose's sister who was blind oh like, yeah of course by Polly Holiday from from Alice mm -hmm. um, was originally supposed to be Lucille Ball Lucy loved the show so much and was like I want to do this episode and Just then imagine and can you <laughs> and what happened Rose I can't see <laughs> I'm doing my best <laughs> she like puts her hand on the stove and it's comic bits great it's, she's, she... <laughs> all right at the end of season five the show was going to end because B. Arthur was ready to move on to other projects again we don't know what those other projects were because the only <laughs> thing she ever did after that was just between friends uh -huh. however what iconic diva was going to replace her and she's in the season five finale yeah she actually is in that episode because is they were during her oh mm -hmm. yes they were back drawing her in. I don't know. Debbie Reynolds? Yes, you yes. do know. Yes. <laughs> Good for you. I knew that I was going to bring Debbie Reynolds up earlier because I knew she had been on. Wow. So instead, what happened? B. Arthur decided to stay? Yeah. yeah. So they like, bye, Debbie. Yeah. Oh, they my were like, God. Mm. Right. Wow. Wait, what was the role? Like, who was she in that episode? And was that that, that role was just going to continue? Right. Yeah. yeah. Remember that episode was she was going to move in. Oh, Dorothy was going to remarry Stan. Is that oh, what was probably. happening? Yeah, remember because that way they could backdoor her into like coming back and visiting because they yeah. both right. live in Miami. Yeah, yeah that makes okay. perfect oh my sense. god! Mm -hmm. All right, Patrick. Here's your last question. Here we go. From youngest to oldest, <laughs> name the actresses of the Golden Girls. From youngest to oldest. I believe the legend is that Estelle Getty was the youngest. Okay, keep going. Is is that right? You have to keep uh, going. Otherwise... All right, let me say that. I'm going to say, I'll say Rue McClanahan, youngest, Estelle Getty, Betty White, B. Arthur. Almost that, correct. It's well, Rue, Estelle, B, Betty. Well, B and Betty oh are, are, are actually the same year. So oh. that I think, I think we can absolutely take that. Rue McClanahan was 51 wow. when this started. Estelle Getty was wow. 62, and B and Betty were 63. Whoa! Rue McClanahan's only going to sit in an inch of water. <laughs> <laughs> well, 51, that, that makes me, because I always wonder, I wonder how old Blanche is, you know? Like, mm -hmm. how old is Blanche? Like, like, Blanche pretends that she's in her 40s, I feel right. like. She's definitely in her 50s within the show. Yeah. Uh, because she's still working. Yeah. Um, right. At the museum. Yeah. And she'll let you know. Right. Uh, <laughs> at oh, the history. museum. It is fascinating, too, to watch their various jobs. Oh, yeah. Through the oh, run of yeah. the series. Even Estelle Enrique Getty, Moss. who decides she's going to go work at, like, the pirate. The pirate uh, restaurant. The Jolly Pirate or whatever. We didn't even talk about the Rusty Anka, which I'm pretty oh. sure was a gay bar. It was Maurice Crisis of Miami, right? Totally. Yes. Yes. Right. 
Yes. Oh, I couldn't possibly. Sheet music. <laughs> Fun. Right. <laughs> Wait. Uh, what did she what do say? I what do? do I do? What do I when do? You are going. But wait, somebody else. Wait, what's that other song that she sings? Uh, Hard-hearted Hannah well, at the end. Hard-hearted Hannah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard-hearted Hannah. The toast of Hannah. Yeah, it's wild. And what? then Rue McClanahan tries to upstage her, singing "I Want to Be Loved by You," in truly some of the funniest uh, bits yes. that are on the series. <laughs> when she flings her, she kicks and flings a shoe. Totally. <laughs> while she's on the piano, it's brilliant. <laughs> Well, Patrick, this has been a joy. You guys love you. Thanks for having me. I love your podcast. I'm so glad you're doing it. Uh, we, we love yours. And once again, Patrick, where can people find your podcast? And what is the name of it? So well, I have a podcast network. It's called The Obsessed Network. Right now, we make a bunch of uh, really fun true crime podcasts. So if you want to see all the shows we make, you can just go to obsessednetwork.com. Uh, I'm the co-host of True Crime Obsessed podcast and also Obsessed with Disappeared. Um, and you can find all of those wherever you get your podcasts. And you oh. are Patrick Hines. I'm at Patrick Hines underscore on the Instagram, <laughs> which honestly right. is the only social media that matters anymore. Uh, exactly. I also use Twitter, so... <laughs> suck it. It's okay, Grandpa. <laughs> and you're Patrick Hines on I'm Patrick Hines on the Twitter. Yeah. Your podcasts and, are so brilliant. Just so brilliant. Oh, and if, thank you. Everyone, please go subscribe because they are incredible. Just incredible. Oh, you're so nice. You're thank also you. just we one of the hard. best humans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I miss you guys. I can't wait you. to see you. We miss so, you. Find us uh, everywhere. We're at G Revoked on the, yes. in, on the Instagram and the Twitter. Uh, like, rate, uh, review us. That would be nice. That we'd, we'd like love to, that. We we'd would love, love anybody to say nice things about us because we're in year seven <laughs> of this quarantine. <laughs> I know, my God. And we just—I need somebody it's, to say anything nice to me. It's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's taken a while, but in the meantime, between now and next episode, you have some homework to do, everybody. Oh, tell them what we're doing next. What time. are you doing next time? Really so excited. next time we are going to cover a movie and the musical version of this movie. So you got double homework, sure? everybody. So you got to really, Fish. really study here. It is Victor Victoria. Ooh. Yep. Who's so the guest? Gonna... Who, are you, who are you guys talking to? My uh, a guy named Michael Judson Barry. Uh, and Michael uh, is, uh, you, you check him out on Instagram, everybody. He is this guy who's going around doing this Moira Rose impression <gasps> that everyone's obsessed with. He's got like 36,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, oh my God. Catherine O'Hara gave him the stamp of approval. She did a whole article about how brilliant he is. So Michael, oh my God. Michael's going to come be our guest and probably talk about Schitt's Creek, but mostly Victor Victoria. <laughs> Patrick, it was wonderful seeing you. Hopefully you'll come back again. Anytime. This has been so wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thank oh, you. you. All right, everyone. Victor Victoria next week. We'll stay see, safe, we'll stay healthy, soon. and vote. 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 Oh vote, fuckers. Vote. vote. And if you what have... What are you looking at? <laughs> vote. 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 Wow. You just up... You outgate us. <laughs> proud of you. Patrick Flynn. What? Beth Amon. I hate this movie. Love Actually? Yes. Me too. But I also love it. Me too. But I hate it. You know what we should do? What? We should get a bunch of people together, split the movie into its 10 storylines, and then figure out this movie one story at a time. You mean people like Keith Powell and Jill Knox Powell from NBC's Connecting? Keith, why don't you show us what porn watching faces? And Washington Post columnist Alexandra Petri? I don't know. I think every Christmas story is a horror story. Do you think it would work? It actually inspired me to plan my funeral. I dig the uh, brothel angle. Every time I think about the trailer, I'm like, I was misled. I love your use of the word shag, by the way. Can I mix your ashes with glitter? It's like eight half screenplays just put in a blender. I am positive I stayed with my ex an extra six months because we saw this in the theater. It will definitely work. What is Love Actually? Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download. All episodes out November 27th.